0: Welcome to Stop Telling and Start Listening with David Cook. If you're frustrated with the way we are speaking or not speaking to each other, if you find yourself easily at odds in your conversations with people, this may be just the show for you. Listen in as David and his guests will help you elevate your communication skills and navigate the tensions present in many conversations today. Now, here is David Cook.
1: Hey, good morning, everybody. This is David Cook. Welcome to another episode of Stop Telling and Start Listening. And it is great to have you here. I appreciate all those who listen. One of these days, somebody is going to call in. It's going to be even better. But today, joining me, I have a very good friend, long-time good friend now, uh, Deb Shapiro. Deb was my coach. That's how we met. She was my speaking coach. Um, we did an event probably about five years ago now where I gave a talk on um, selfless listening, one of my passions and it told the story of my journey as a dad uh, and the experiences I had as a, uh, with my sons, my younger son's uh, heroin addiction. And uh, Deb helped me share my story in a very powerful way. And not only teaching me how to tell my story, but also just brought awareness to um, how to package a talk and, and, um, just get it in a way that people could follow you they could connect with you and stuff like that it was a great lesson and Deb I appreciated all that we um, that we did at that time but since then Deb has done so much more so I'm going to just turn it over to her for a few minutes and give her a chance to tell you what she's all about and what she's working on then we'll dive into our conversation so take it away Deb
2: so oh, thanks, David. And thanks for inviting me to be here today. It's always fun to be with you and talk with you. I always am engaged every single time we get together. Um, let's see, what can I tell you? Well, as uh, David mentioned, I have been in the speaking industry now for about 15 years. Uh, I actually got into it because of my brother. My brother was a speaker. He was about three or four years into his speaking career. And uh, so I joined forces with him. And then in 2015, we had him inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. And that really actually opened up a tremendous amount of doors for me on my journey and got to work with people of that caliber. But, you know, over the years, where I really found my heart was, was working with individuals who were regular people like you and me who had gone through some life lesson, life journey where they had some lesson that they had learned that they'd want to be able to package up and give away to other people. And so for me, I ended up taking a, a left-hand turn and I decided to move away from working with some of the bigger name speakers and actually work with those individuals who were just wanting to get their messages out there in the world. And that's when I met David. We uh, I had created a program called Debex. It's an intensive 90-day program that individuals would go through to learn how to be able to create clear, concise, and compelling messages, and then we would give them a platform to be able to speak upon in order to be able to share that message in a way to oftentimes hundreds of people. And uh, it, we had a really great run that actually bumped up against COVID. And so, of course, nobody wanted to be hanging out during COVID with 500 of their closest friends in a, in a theater. So we ended up taking a, a break at that time. And it was actually a great thing because that is when I discovered my passion for being able to give voices. And it was for those who were in marginalized communities um, I was having a, a conversation with a friend of mine who had been abducted and trafficked at a at a young age. And she still 50 years later still couldn't speak of the story. And so for me, when I heard this, I realized this is really where I want to give my time and attention. And three years ago, we founded a nonprofit called Amplify Voices to give voices to those individuals who have been historically silenced and misunderstood, oppressed, those that the conversations that people typically sweep under the rug and not want to talk about. And the first set of voices we gave rise to were women who had been impacted by sex trafficking. And then we gave voices in conjunction with the University of San Diego and the diocese of San Diego to formerly incarcerated And in 2023, we gave voice to women who have been touched by breast cancer and actually are looking at mental wellness for 2024, which is uh, unfortunately, I would say a topic that has touched pretty much all of us at one point, point or time and and another. So, so that's the, I guess you could say the 30,000 foot view of, of my background and what I've been up to.
1: When you started, um, DevX, I think that, um, and it, it, this has continued into your mission right now. But the the whole idea with DevX was to give uh, give people an opportunity to share their story. What uh, you had a you had a saying was uh, um give voices a stage or something like that. What was your What was your mantra?
2: Well, we would say if you had eight minutes to change the world, what would you say? And yeah. it really is about everybody has learned something along their journey that they know made a difference for them if they really stopped to think about it. It's been powerful for them as a life lesson. And if they know how to package that, they can actually give that away to other individuals who... Maybe on a similar journey, but a couple steps behind them, that that information can be really empowering and make a difference. Actually, the, the reason I created it was because I learned in the speaking industry after having been in it so long that it took a tremendous amount of time, a tremendous amount of money and a tremendous amount of resources in order to make it in the speaking business. And so I wanted to give people who thought they might want to be a speaker an opportunity to kind of dip their toe in the proverbial waters to see, is this really something that I want to do, going from soup to nuts and standing on that big stage, having it professionally recorded? And uh, for some, they realized, nope, that's not for me. This is not my journey. It's too rigorous. And for others, it lit a fire underneath them, and they were completely inspired and kept going from there. So. It's really after that, that we discovered the power of what it was like for having a voice, your voice be heard, your authentic voice. I want to say it that way, because mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of voices being heard out there right now. But I wouldn't exactly say that people are actually speaking their authentic truth.
1: True. Well, yeah, And I think that that was the... Um... Actually, that was one of the takeaways from my learning experience, educational experience with you, is that I had a message, but we spent, I remember um, just sitting in that um, one office building over on Camelback Road. And you gave me an extra hour and a half of your time and and hammered me and hammered me and hammered me until I stripped away the BS and said, what are you really trying to say? And what's really driving this message that you want to share And I thought that that was really cool because otherwise it's, you know, yeah, I'm going to package a bunch of bullshit and hope everybody gets excited. And you go, no, no, you want to get people excited. You got to get real and you got to be honest with yourself to get real. And uh, it was a very powerful takeaway for me because it just it declared be authentic and trust in your story in its authenticity.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people think that by having something that's neatly packaged and that you know every word and you know how to say it perfectly, that that's what it looks like to be a great speaker. But actually, if you think about the people that you like to listen to the most, it's usually people who have been speaking from the heart, they're telling their truth, and they really just want that to be able to make a difference for others. They want to lift others up. And so... Yeah. It is easy for, you know, to package something up and make it sound nice and spit shine it and then stand on a stage, but that's not what moves audiences. It's actually when we get real, when we really tell our real truth to people and are, are vulnerable and
1: raw. Yeah. And um, my, i just remember the first thing. I think I don't know exactly the head count, how many times I sat in on Deb X talks, but let's just say it was three or four um, events. So what would that be? 40 or 50 talks. And um, the thing that i really took away from all those is that every there were a lot of really really interesting stories yeah. there were a lot of really really interesting messages and used to joke and say you know you could hear the dave the dave grunt when i'd heard something that resonated um but that's what was so neat about it because somebody would just say something this deeply profound learning experience or deeply profound experience and i go oh man that just um it, it went in so i really loved that um that experience
2: yeah that it's so funny the Dave Grant. I remember that so well. We'd be sitting in the theater doing like dress rehearsal and you'd hear a new talk that was being presented at the time you'd be like mm. <laughs> you know you hear a lot of those and you hear it from the audience. That's when you know that the person's being real that it's hitting everybody else in the audience. And well, not everybody else cuz everybody I would say is moved by something different and that's why everybody's message is important. It's sort of like a kaleidoscope or a diamond where there's multiple facets. And we want to hit none of these messages. If you if you think about it, Dave, right, none of these messages that are out there are new concepts that nobody's ever heard before. Right. These are concepts that have been around for ages, centuries, decades, whatever it is. But it's not been told for today. It's not been told by this person from their perspective with their story. And we can't hear these messages enough uh, in order to really make the kind of changes that we say we want to be able to make out here in the world.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And, that, and and the only other memory that I have uh, that I wanted to share, and you can touch base on this, because it is it is about the transformation of the story, the way you share the message. But those first few classes, when you'd have a stand up and say, OK, so what is it that you want to what is it that you want to say? And I would listen to these things and go, oh, my God, this is going to suck. And shame on me for being judgmental. I've learned better than that now. But, you know, at the time, I would hear these things and go, oh, this is cringeworthy. And then um, we'd come to, to Showtime. And the way the message had transformed, I'm going. Wow, this is really cool. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean like I'm in total alignment, but I'm leaning in, and I'm listening to this person passionately share something that um, it re- there was a pieces of it that resonated, and, and 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 I was able to internalize and grab onto. It. And so I, I really loved that. The, you know, the watching the transformation of those talks.
2: Yeah, how dare you be judgmental, by the way? How dare you be human?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, there's a standard sometimes I try to hold myself to, but, you know, whatever.
2: (laughs) Yeah, understood, understood. But look, here's the thing. It's the process of people discovering their own message, their own self, right? So um, it's when you are going through the process, people are discovering what that message really is for themselves. And actually, I believe it's something different. I believe it's who they really always are. Are, but they get to rediscover that for themselves so in this process what i believe you're seeing and why it resonates so much more at the end than at the beginning is that people are just figuring it out for themselves they get to stand in their own power and that's what you're seeing when you see them stand on that stage you know we have uh one of our principles is no one's diminished and that's inclusive of the speaker so if a speaker's not prepared and again As I was saying before, preparation isn't like you have all the words memorized and it sounds all neat, but prepared means that you have done the work to discover what it is that you really want to give away to people and that you can really dig deep in going on that journey. The deeper people tend to go, the more powerful their messages happen to be because what we now get to see is a real person on that stage. And that's what resonates for others is seeing real people, not just people who are trying to be perfect on the stage.
1: Mhm. Very much so and I think that that was the big difference and but there's a something that jumped in my head as you were talking about the and I would say it's like the idea being of you gave you you encouraged us you gave us permission but you encourage us to give ourselves permission to be real. And that's a hard place to go because we again we don't know you know here we are speaking to 400 people. We're practicing and working with a, you know, with uh, ten other or nine other uh, people that are on the same journey, and the first part of that whole lesson is um, finding ways to give ourselves permission to be vulnerable, to be open, to be real, to let go of all the stuff that we usually put up as facades or things that we've designed to protect ourselves or keep ourselves safe, and 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 I think that that was that was the, um, one of the key steps in the process of giving ourselves permission and knowing that we're going to be safe in that authenticity.
2: So I want to ask you a question about that, actually, and going through that is what was it that was created in the environment that had you feel safe? Because it is something that is one of the key cornerstones, especially within our um, Amplify Voices, our nonprofit, because we're having people talk about experiences that most of them have never shared with anyone, let alone stand on a stage and share it in front of 500 people. Right. But it's really creating that safe space to be able to know that I can be vulnerable. And so I'm kind of curious, and I know it was some time ago that we were working together on this, do you recall what yeah, can I, can I claim,
1: can I just like not answer the question and claim old age, but no, <laughs> no, um, I would say that, you know, all joking aside, because I already said something about being judgmental and, and, you know, being cringeworthy, but I think that that's what it was, was that didn't that that did not exist in the room, it may have ended in you know, existed individually, but it was never, there was never space for that to really occur. Um, publicly, and especially you, you, would you know, there was a, somebody would say something, say, "Oh, that's great," and then you'd ask these really thought-provoking questions, or you'd get some feedback from people where people would ask questions. So it was like we weren't being, we were never being criticized, and we really weren't even be like harshly critiqued. It was more like, "Okay, help me understand. What are you trying to say? What is it that you want us to hear? What is it? What, what's driving this?" And so it was more always exploring going deeper into the message
3: mm.
1: and you know it's kind of it's kind of like this you know the purpose of this show right is the idea of, is teaching people how to listen to be curious to explore um to accept the story that might make us uncomfortable but to go past the discomfort to uh, try to see the deeper message of the deeper need behind it and i i i think that's what it was because we we never felt we never I never felt unsafe. Um, I think the only only place that I could have felt unsafe was whatever story I was telling myself to protect myself or the you know story in my head that said people aren't going to understand or people may not like this. You know, that's that's my own mechanism. But you and the room and the people in the room never conveyed a, re- a need to be um, anything other than trusting and safe experience yeah. safety. That's what, that's what I would say. Yeah. It was.
2: They, well, thank you for answering because it made me think of your podcast and the purpose for this podcast, right? This is about how can we listen to different perspectives, even when they're, you know, very different than our own. And, you know, one of the things you brought up was the term curiosity. Um, and I believe that curiosity is such a gift and such a tool that we can use in order to really understand people. As a matter of fact, I actually, um, I used to be quite the flirt. I was a pretty good flirt, if I may say so myself. I'm not sure I'm supposed to say this on the podcast here, but you know, and women would come to me and be like, would you teach me how to flirt? How do you flirt? Now I flirt with men, I flirt with women because flirting isn't about um, picking somebody up for me. For me, flirting is about being curious about another person. It's being interested instead Mm -hmm. of interesting. I think that a lot of people out there think that they need to be interesting and they have to have all these wonderful things that they can talk about. But I find that the best tool that I can have, especially when I go to a networking event and I don't know anyone and people are talking about things that I have no clue what they're talking about. If I just keep asking questions from a place of true curiosity, it's not just asking for the sake of asking, But because I want to get to know a person, I want to understand them, I believe everyone is doing the best job that they can. So when we're in these these sessions together and people are sharing their messages and they might be a little clunky at first, right, we all walk, you know, we crawl before we can walk. And the same thing when it comes to learning how to use our voices, it's not something we were born with. So it's really something that by being curious, by asking questions, looking at it from their perspective, trying it on, I guess you could say like a jacket instead of, you know, it's not a straight jacket. You can take it off if you want to, if you don't agree with it, but try on their concepts like you're trying on a jacket and see what you see, Mm
1: -hmm. see what
2: the next question is. And so I loved what you said before about the curiosity because I believe that that's something that makes such a huge difference and is even in the speaking world is a really important tool, especially if you want to resonate with your audience. You better get curious about what your audience thinks about the message you're putting out there you know a lot of people want to stick their heads in the sand and go okay this is my message i've spit shined it it's all perfect and i'm going to go out there and and deliver it and they get their you know nice applause but have you actually gone out and done the work to to go in front of people and say okay now i really want to know what what resonates with you positively what distracted you what took your mind off that where do you disagree Mm-hmm. with what I'm saying and be open, like truly from a place of, I want to just make this better. I want to make a difference with my voice. Right. And so um, I, that was my big, my big rambling there. But it, I think curiosity and what you were saying I, about that's so important for what you're trying to to, to accomplish here. Well, it's
1: interesting because you talked the way you even, you know, talked about a speaker. So, a, you know, the difference between, you know, stop telling and start listening. You know the idea. I get on stage and I tell you how wonderful I am, or how great I am, or how smart I am, or you know how powerful my story is. And you know all I'm doing is I am telling you something. And that, um, yeah, is it interesting? Yeah, it could be. But um, I'm with you as I think that um, what may for me what makes me interesting. And this is you know again it's not it's not a manipulative. It's not insincere. It's it's just who I am. But what makes me interesting is my ability to engage and learn. And that's what you're saying. Let's be curious, you know, and but in order to be in order to go into that curiosity, what I was thinking is like two. I don't know what the, you know, because I stink at grammar. But anyway, um, you got to move beyond or move into um, curiosity, you know, curiosity. You got to move past who you are or where you are. And um, because that's where people get hung up. They hear a story or they hear a message or somebody says, this is what I do. And they go, oh. And that ooh is a is a cringe. They step back, and then I, they go. Yeah, I'm not sure I can go there because that's not a topic I like, or that's not a belief I share, or that's not a perspective I have. And it, and what it does is it just it 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 end, ends the connection. And so you got to recognize that. Well, I don't say you have to, but I encourage people to recognize when you're doing that. It's like okay, now how do I move from there to? Curiosity, because that's I need to I need to be able to be in a space. that's, okay, despite what I internalize on this, I got to learn more. I got to engage. I got to discover. I got to understand, because there's a reason why. There's a story behind it. There's a story. You know, there's a a a lesson in their belief or some experience in their belief, whatever it is. And I think that's really the key: is moving beyond you know my rigidness into being flexible, being curious, and and go from there.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, I think there's oftentimes we hear something, sorry, my eye is like, (laughs) it's tearing over here. Um,
1: I brought you to tears. That's good.
2: You brought me to tears.
1: Resonated so deeply with you that it just brought you to tears.
2: (laughs) Um. Yeah, I think that oftentimes we do have, we're human, right? We have our own judgments. We have our own views of the world. There's, um, you know, as I understand it, there's like 2 million bits of data coming at us at any given time, any given moment. Yet we at a conscious level can only absorb about 126 of those bits. So I'm going to imagine that the 126 bits that I'm absorbing are different than the 126 bits that you're absorbing and then the next person and the next person. And that those bits that we're absorbing come through this filter that we're looking at life through. So however we're raised, we're, you know, our upbringing, our education, the people we hang around with, our belief systems, all of those things are going to determine what we're going to pull in. And I think that when we have that knee-jerk reaction to something that somebody says, that it really... It's beneficial if you choose to want to be able to communicate more effectively. I guess it's that's not everybody's goal in life. But if that's what you want to do, to take a pause, to stop and go, OK, I just had a reaction. Notice the reaction and ask yourself, where is that coming from? What is mm-hmm. it that I am reacting to? Why did I have that reaction? Not in a judgmental way about yourself, because we can oftentimes be even more judgmental about ourselves than we can be with uh, with other people, but just pause and, and notice, just even noticing throughout the day how many times we have that knee-jerk reaction when somebody says something that might be different than our perspective. And, uh, you know, that in and of itself can be incredibly beneficial for raising our awareness for ourselves in a first step to go, okay, now that I see it, now I can start to explore a little deeper as to why that is. And maybe you'll discover something that is of value.
1: <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's the, well, that's the gift. That is the gift, because um, it isn't. It is it's like you, what you just said. It isn't as much about what I believe and my foundation as it is, is how can I find a way to connect with the person I'm engaged with. Yeah, I can always go back to what I believe. I can surround myself with my tribe and my, you know, my peeps and all that other crap. But if I'm in a, in a I'm in a situation, I'm at a cocktail party, a networking event, or whatever, however you want to describe it, at a friend's house with a, you know, a bunch of strangers um i can always go back but this is an opportunity for me to to uh, be exposed to new people new ideas new thoughts new stories new everything embrace it what the heck yeah you know it's like you know, it's my- like it's like going on vacation to a to a strange land i mean if you go to mcdonald's for dinner and you're in you're in italy you know how could why are you doing that cuz i like mcdonald's really <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's funny because you were my so my brother as as you know, he's a speaker and he had uh, created something called personality poker. And one of the premises of personality poker is that the person that you like the least is the person that you need the most because they do see the world from a different perspective. And it's easy for us to surround ourselves with those that are yes people, those that have the same perspective. But where you really have an opportunity to learn is when you partner with people who might actually have you get that reaction, those people who are opposite to your perspective. But that's really where you're gonna learn the most in life is by going through and seeing who are those people and what are their perspectives and actually engaging in a conversation with them To learn something more about yourself, about the world, about others. So I always loved that because now I have an appreciation for those people that I might not have liked as much in the past, but I see that they actually are a huge contribution to me in my life of being able to open up my perspective and see things from different
1: ways. That's good. Personality poker. I'm going to remember that one. All right. When we cut, we're going to, we're going to take a break. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit. um, I'm going to tee you up, Deb, so you can prepare for it. Not that you need preparation, but we're going to talk a little bit about um, how you, especially with the people that you're working with uh, right now with, um, we'll call them uncomfortable topics. Um, they are uncomfortable topics. We kind of tamp them down. We know we're aware of them, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the the whole act of empowering people to feel safe and comfortable, and being um, honest and uh, and informing of about their really deep struggles and and how we inspire and educate and inform from there. So let's take a break, and we're going to come back to specifically to amplify and and the work you're doing. Great. stay tuned.
3: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. We are living in a time where a relentless commitment to opinions and beliefs are dividing communities and fracturing crucial relationships. Making ourselves right and those who disagree with us wrong leaves little room for engaging in a constructive learning dialogue. There is little opportunity to change minds, find common ground, or solve complex problems. Those who are not being heard or understood become angry, hurt, lost, isolated, alone, and more. While mental health-related issues are on the rise, too few know how to safely share their struggles, and far too many don't know how to care about those that do. While it is increasingly frustrating to experience an increase in this communication divide, there is hope, and according to David Cook, there is an answer. The answer lies in how we adjust our communication style and shift our listening behaviors. In his radio show, Stop Telling and Start Listening, host David Cook introduces his audiences to the power found in creating a safe place for sharing life perspectives and experiences without judgment, criticism, correction, or shame. There are tremendous opportunities in learning to see the world from the eyes of another. Join David on Mondays at 11 Pacific, discover how shifting your listening behaviors will close the divide that exists between you and others in your community
1: our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives but the lives of everyone around us find new meanings of love authentic expressions and better connections with the people in your life tune in to love light with dr jean marie farish this program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America
3: Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: You're listening to Stop Telling and Start Listening. Have a question for David or his guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Or you can email Dave at dave at thecookgroupllc.com. Now, back to the show with David.
1: And we're back. Welcome to the second half of our episode today with Deb Shapiro. Stop telling and start listening. We were talking... Um, Coming into the break, we had a, a lot of well, what was it again? Personality poker, but I think the the key to that was um, when we're engaging people. I think Dad said something was really really powerful is the idea of um, being interested versus being interesting. And I think a lot of times when we're meeting people, we want to be interesting. And and my mantra is if I want to be interesting, all I do is ask good questions um and do a lot of learning and people find that very engaging because you know everybody's a favorite subject to themselves so if you get encourage people to talk about themselves they go yeah this guy's really interesting why am i interesting because i'm asking good questions and giving you a chance to tell your story so um but I, I like to pivot um from that to a little bit more about um empowering uh you know uh it's amplify voices correct i got it yep okay amplify voice and i think it's a it's a beautiful movement um for those who you know, who don't know my story, but I'll, I'll quick share my story as a, I was definitely one of those judgmental, critical parents that thought that when kids screwed up somewhere along the line, parents were at fault. Um, and, it, you know, so I was always thinking, you know, that but then, a, then my son developed a heroin addiction and I learned a whole different story. <laughs> but one of the things that really, really just opened my eyes societally was what happens when you're marginalized Mm. because you know my son ended up in jail he ended up in recovery centers he ended up on the street and when you would say you know this is you know and i wasn't necessarily shy i wasn't necessarily boastful about my son's situation but i certainly wasn't shy about it but the way people looked at the story they had a a sense of what that means and they and, and and all that stuff and the way society just Kind of kicks people off to the curb. We don't have good tools and resources for, and fill in the blank. You could because there's tons of them, and um, just it, it broke my heart to see what happens when people are marginalized. And you know, I think that that was probably the, the greatest transformational experience for me because I think I went away from being. I'm still I'm still a hard headed, pig headed, stubborn guy, but I'm not a jackass and. <laughs> and i just you know so when you when you tell me this the the work that you're doing with people who have been um trafficked and people who have been incarcerated and you know, the the personal stories of people in breast cancer, you know, my my wife and my daughter have both dealt with breast cancer, and I think I understood, but then you started saying, Yeah, you probably think you understand, but it's only dependent on how much your daughter and your wife have shared with you. And even then, I probably can't get it. There's cause you know, the more people are exposed to it. So I'd li- like to talk a little bit about um empowering people to share those stories but how you in raising awareness how you uh, how you empower people to hear it
3: mm.
2: okay two very different questions i can answer the first one the second one i'm going to say we're still trying to figure out well
1: no, maybe we can brainstorm that
2: maybe we can brainstorm yeah so so how do we empower people to have a voice and that was something that you know, I've just learned over the years myself as we've gone through it, and I've kind of seen a recipe, certain ingredients that really seems to make a difference for people. You know, when I was doing Debex, we would have 15 different people from different backgrounds with different messages that were coming together to learn simple tools to be able to learn how to put their talks together and then deliver it on a stage. And it really seemed like the community was really strong, even just at a Debex, right? So everybody, seemed to really bond exceptionally well during that 90-day period as they were going through it. It's kind of like your foxhole buddies, right? Like you're all going through a tough time. You don't think it's going to be that tough until you jump right in there and you start to do it. But what I ended up seeing was that every person who stood on that stage had some form of a transformation about being able to share, as I said before, their authentic story, So, you know, when I'm going to go back and share a little bit more about how Amplify came about, and it was during that conversation with my friend. Um, She had, as I mentioned before, she had been trafficked, abducted at age 13, and, you know, still couldn't talk about it. And it really was very clear to me. Here I am. I'm wanting to give individuals that opportunity to be able to speak their authentic truth and speak it in a powerful way. Yet, here's one of my closest friends who still couldn't talk about something that happened to her over 50 years ago. And, you know, really it had me think this is where I really want to spend my time and attention. What if we were to take the concepts of Debex and be able to give voices to women who had been, silenced from sex trafficking. And, you know, it was one of those ideas that it's like, I knew I needed to do this in my life. And I don't know if you've ever had those, but like, you know, it's a pull, but I had absolutely no clue how to do it other than one other person who said she'd get in her car and drive from California to Arizona to be a part of it. I didn't know anybody who had been impacted. And, um, you know, it's a really interesting story. I'm going to give you a little side, I'm going to take a little side trip here with this because it's just so incredible and so serendipitous how all of this came about, but... Um so that night I was talking to my fiance and I was telling him like look I have this idea I'd like to take a debex and do a debex for women who have been impacted by sex trafficking do you know anybody and he's like you know uh, we thought of this one gal who we had known 2 years ago I had done a little coaching with her for speaking but hadn't talked to her as a matter of fact couldn't even remember her name to be honest hmm. but it didn't matter Because literally the next morning, I got an email from her. Isn't that cool? And in the email, it said, and I quote, I'm ready to have my voice be heard. And I'm like, okay, here we go. So we've got now two people, my friend from California who'd walked to Arizona, and now this woman, well, that same exact afternoon, I had talked to a woman who I had known from 10 years ago. She was getting ready to apply for a DEBEX, but we were taking a pause during the pandemic. And we talked anyway, and I asked her, so tell me what you're doing. And she mentioned this nonprofit that she was volunteering for. I'm like, I'm not familiar, what do they do? And she said, they work with young girls and women who have been prostituted. And I said, may I ask why this is of importance to you? And she said, well, because when I was young, I was prostituted as a young girl. She said, I was an Epstein girl before there were Epstein girls. And so here now, within 24 hours, we have three women who have shown up on my doorstep who were ready to have their voices be heard. And just within a couple of weeks, we ended up having women from across the country who wanted to be able to share their voice. Now, that to me was just miraculous how that happened. I do not know. I guess it's one of those things that when the idea is supposed to happen, it just kind of all happens. But now I was in this situation where I knew honestly nothing about sex trafficking. I knew for what I thought it was. I thought it was that there are kids in other countries who are abducted and chained to beds. And, you know, while that does happen, what I hadn't realized until I'm in the middle of the program was that it's happening right here in the U.S., within families, within cultures, within people that we know. And it was really shocking and eye opening. But here's the thing that I discovered in this whole journey is that when those women came together, we saw this with every single one of the groups that we've done consistent across the board. While Debex, there was a connection between the speakers that eventually create was created as you went through the process. It was almost instantaneous when they walked in the room because they had a connection already to what they had all gone through. Each of their circumstances were uniquely different, but they all had a commonality, which created right then and there a safe space for them because they knew that the people who were in this space would understand something that perhaps people out in the outside world, when they talk about it, wouldn't understand. we saw it you mentioned your wife and your daughter with breast cancer and there's a lot of exposure it's right now it's breast cancer awareness month right so you know and there's a lot of of exposure that is being gotten so you'd think that their voices have been heard Absolutely not. It actually has not been that way because think about it. They're concerned about their spouses and their family members. They don't want to burden them with their messages and their stories. So they sometimes will put on their own tough face about it. Um, So but as soon as those women, we did an event with 35 women who had been touched by breast cancer as soon as they walked in the room. There was an immediate connection. So the first piece that I learned through this is if you can bring communities of people together who have gone through similar types of circumstances. It creates a relationship right out of the gate for people. And that's a huge foundation that just, it would take a lot longer to do if everybody's disparate with different messages and different backgrounds. And Mm -hmm. so that was one of the things that really helped us was just bringing those women together. And then, as I mentioned before, we have some principles. So one of the things that allows us to create that safe space is there's a few principles, one of which is no egos. Um, I was in the speaking industry for many years, and I call these anti-principles. anti It's what I saw that I didn't love about the speaking industry that I wanted to be able to shift. And there were a lot of people who would stand up on the stage to be like, hey, look at me. I'm great, Right. And it's not about that, Uh, not for us at least, you know, whatever people want to do for their own lives and sharing their their messages is fine. But for me, what we do is it's not about egos. It's about making a difference for others with your voice. That our gain is really secondary. And I believe we will gain because all boats rise in the water at the same time. So if we can, in fact, help somebody else get a voice, I think that that is just going to make all of the difference. So it's not about us. It's about them. No one's diminished. We never point fingers. And if you think about the voices that we've given rise to, sex trafficking, formerly incarcerated, there's a lot of finger pointing people could do in that circumstance. So one of the things we need to be able to do is find another way to be able to share your message because it's not about who did this or who did that, but it's about what did I learn?
1: Right. And what what can you learn from my journey?
2: And what can you learn?
1: Right. Yeah. Cause it, you know, that, that's the, a lot of times that seems to be where we go is that we do this, we do the blame game and then we do the simple solution game. Oh yeah. Now that I understand who to blame, all we need to do is, and I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Let's go back and let's understand what's really going on. Yeah. first well,
2: that was eye-opening when we worked with Formally Incarcerated. Um, that, I had, had the opportunity, I'm going to say I had the blessing of working with individuals who had been um, incarcerated for anywhere from 10 to 27 years.
1: Oh now, a lot
2: of people are not going to jump into that camp with me and be like, that's a blessing. And why would you even want to do that? These are criminals. These are bad people who've done bad things. But if you could have sat in the room as we went through that training to learn their life and their background and how they got to where they were, it made complete sense that if anyone who had their background, who had their view of the world, they would have taken the same exact actions. And we called the event Restoring Humanity because for me, it absolutely did. I had it as those people before I did this event. I had to do some work to get there. But, you know, at first it was those people over there. And now I see them as human beings who have struggled with a variety of different issues throughout their lives. And if you heard their backstory, it would make sense to you exactly why they would take the, the actions that they've taken in their lives. So yeah.
1: And, you're, and also, too, just because the their journey, you know, in, in that situation with the incarcerated, just because their journey had them in prison, the fact that you're talking to them about the lessons learned and where they want to go from here, um, there's a message there. Yeah, sure, there are bad criminals. Some people don't give a shit, and they kind of go back to the life. And there are other people, say, so okay, now that I'm free, or at least I have an opportunity to live outside the, the institution, what am I going to do based on what I learned? Yeah, And so to, to to throw them into them and our labeling and all that other crap, it's like, no, 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 no. Back to our curiosity discussion before the break. It's like, OK, tell me what it is that uh, you know I need to know. Tell me what it is that you want to accomplish. Tell me how I can help you or support you.
2: Yeah. Well, you were saying something about, you know, that the, there's people who are just going to get thrown back right in afterwards. And so and that's going to happen because think about what they're being met with when they come out.
1: Well, that's the marginalized side. It's ah, it's it's awful. They, this, you know, we we could spend you and I could spend all day long talking about how the system works against them. That's not the point, but it is. It, it requires an understanding. You you know, if we if you don't walk in somebody else's shoes, you don't understand their journey. So don't tell me that you think you know their journey. All, all they need to do is go get a job. All they need to do is. That's a lot. That's easier said than done, dudes. <laughs>
2: Well, those are the individuals that, in for them to not go back in, I put that all on us and society to say, hey, stop talking and start listening. Put your mm-hmm. judgment aside just for a moment. And I'm not suggesting everybody's great people and that I condone anything that anybody has done. Please don't misunderstand. But I certainly, when I was able to set my own judgments aside and I was able to be curious and ask those questions, then my eyes were so incredibly open to the humanity of all of it. And when they can feel heard, when they can feel seen, there's perhaps a better chance that they're not going to do what they've done in the past and go back in there. But they're being met right now when they come out with a lot of resistance from society, people who don't want to hire them, people that don't want to give them a chance, people that don't want to even associate or talk to them. So it's a tough existence inside and out and before they even got in most of them had incredibly tough existences that made way and paved their way right into prison and so mm-hmm. again not saying that just cuz you have a tough life that that's where you know you're going to end up but it makes sense in these particular stories that I had an opportunity to listen to so mm-hmm. it really does speak to what it is you're you're trying to do out in the world is you know, let let's listen. Listen with perhaps, yes, we're going to be judgmental. That's kind of part of the design of being a human being.
1: That's who we Recognize
2: are. it, put it aside, and maybe ask a couple questions and learn something.
1: Yeah, acknowledge it for what it is. There was a, um, and I, I'm I'm going to butcher this the quote, but I think you you'll you'll be able to take this wherever you take it. But. Somebody once said to me, you know, like, well, you know, I used to tr- always carry around, you know, $2 and $5 and money like that. And so I would try to give money to, you know, people I'd see, you know, with a sign at the street, and give, just give them some money. And um, it wasn't about just giving them money because somebody said, look them in the eye and treat them like a human being.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, touch their soul if i just flip money at them it's like that's not the act you're giving you're you're giving them something it's a gift but you're giving them a gift of you to them look them in the eye and let them know that you see them sure. and i think that that's what you're saying here is is that they yes they have these very powerful uncomfortable stories they have these very challenging situations if you're going to, if if you're going to sit aside and just kind of head down, walk away, hope you don't see them or hope you don't have to engage them, you know, them, that's not a terrible thing, but you get what I'm saying. But the idea being is make contact, allow them the space direct to, to know that you see them and you want to hear them. Yeah. You know, I think that that's, that's hard.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Especially
1: well, you know, like we were talking about the the trafficking thing. I mean, like you said, you had a holy shit kind of moment when you realized how prevalent it was in our society because we always think it's somewhere else. Yeah, seem same like seem same like substance abuse. You know, we we think substance abuse happens in the poorer parts of the cities and you know, like holy crap, you know, Paradise Valley and those kind of zip codes. Uh, substance abuse is just as prevalent, if not more there than anywhere. And it's like, you know, that can't possibly be true. Yes, it is possibly true, but you can't, you don't believe it because you have your head down and your ears closed and you don't want to explore it. But if you step back and open your eyes and open your ears and said, Hmm, where is this occurring? And what does this mean to my community? What does this mean to my hood? What does this mean to the people around me? You might go, wow, there's a, there's a lot going on here that I didn't know about.
2: Yeah, you actually, it's so funny because you were just I was saying before I could answer the first question, like, how can we create that environment to make it safe for them to feel empowered, uh, be met with love instead of resistance when they speak? But how do you get others? There's so many times, especially with the topic of sex trafficking and incarceration, where people are like, I'll give you here's my money. But I don't want to have to listen to it. We would rather bury our head in the sand than actually deal with it and listen to what's actually going on in our world. You know, we're going to be taking on the topic of mental wellness, mental health, Ah. October 10th, Mental Health Awareness Day. Um, And, you know, if you think about it, Dave, it's just like, uh, you've probably learned a few things on your own journey with your son, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, If you can just look somebody in the eyes, recognize them, see them, have them be acknowledged, then perhaps then they can start to heal themselves on their own journey. And I don't know a lot about the topic. I'm just going to be moving into it in this coming year. But it certainly is one where I can imagine that there's a lot of people who feel lost out there and they don't Mm -hmm. feel seen. As a matter of fact, one of the things that bringing – groups together that have similar backgrounds, the one thing that we hear from almost everyone is that they don't feel alone, that they Mm -hmm. felt like they were the only one going through what it was that they were going through, even though there are millions of other people out there going through similar things, they feel isolated and by bringing together a community where they can hear others sharing about some things that they can relate to, they start to see I'm not alone. They start to feel seen. They start to feel heard. And it starts the healing process.
1: Right. And it gives one, and then what it does is it gives other people permission to join that. You know, I think Brene Brown talks about that a lot, you know, is that in being transparent and being authentic, what we're really doing is we're giving others, by we're in our courage. Of being authentic, right? She says, I'm trusting, I'm trusting you, I'm trusting me with you. But the other thing is, is that you can trust me, you can trust you with me. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like that whole whole notion. But I, you, you, to encourage people to move past their shame and their guilt and their Um, their sense of isolation. They go, yeah, I don't know if I can do that because it's, you know, obviously I must've done something wrong or it must be my fault. You know, kind of talk about rape victims and sexual assault survivors. That was their big struggles. I, you know, the society says you must've done something wrong. And then they sit around in a community of, of, of survivors and they go, no, you know, bullshit. I didn't do anything wrong. What, what did wrong was my attacker, my abuser, my kidnapper, um, and, and then the, you get power from that. Cause now you realize, okay, I'm going to declare war on the message. I'm going to educate people so that they understand that there's a different truth than the one you want us, the story that you want us to believe.
2: Yeah. We had actually one of our graduates from the very first event we did, Triumph Over Trafficking. When she first came in, she had never told anybody her story about being trafficked except for her husband. 20 mm. years had gone by. She never shared it. There was so much shame, so much guilt, so much embarrassment, swept it under the carpet. And when she was in the program, she heard another woman share her story and she started to see herself in that in the story. story. And when she heard that, that coupled with her rediscovery that she was good, She actually got in her car, drove all the way across country down to Florida, where she had been trafficked and went through the juvenile system and knocked on the doors of every person she went through that system with, those that said she'd make it, those that said she wouldn't, and she said, I am here, I am good, I've made it. And just about four months ago, she actually signed up with an organization to manage all of the sex trafficking initiatives to help with women who are being reintegrated back in and uh, into you know coming out of, of sex trafficking to be able to help them and gain power. So she went from never having told anyone about her experience for 20 years to being able to speak about it in a safe environment with others who had gone through it to having this incredible power because now there's nothing to hide. She's exposed it to the world. She's proud of who she is and she should be proud of who she is. She's an amazing young lady. And so this is something that I believe that's the difference that having your voice be heard can make, not just for you, but for those that get to listen to that voice as well and see themselves and go, well, where maybe if I had eight minutes to change the world, what might I say? And it creates this, this ripple effect of change in our world. And so it really is a pretty powerful thing when we can listen to others and hear their stories
1: in that way. Right. It's very powerful. All right, so we're wrapping up the show, believe it or not. Um, Deb, you had the you've turned um Amplify Voices into a nonprofit. So tell us how we can support um this movement because I think it's very powerful and it's it's a game changer for those who want to participate in changing
3: games.
2: (laughs) Certainly, we have lots of room in our sandbox to come play, whether it be an existing voice that we've already given rise to sex trafficking, incarceration, breast cancer, or mental health, um, or another voice that you feel as though is an important voice. So we have speaker circles, which are 30-day programs. We have 90-day programs. We have a, a variety of different programs that we have throughout the year, and you can find out more about those programs by going to amplifyvoices.org. And check out what it is that we have on our calendar to get more information. If you want to watch some of the talks that these women have had, we have those that you can access online as well. And periodically, we have, as a matter of fact, going on tonight is our documentary, which is The Journey, which chronicles the first seven women's voices who had been heard and what that journey was actually like for them. So we have lots of different opportunities to get involved, but Amplify Voices org is the best way to find out.
1: So at amplifyvoices.org, I can find uh, access to that documentary. Is that a live thing right now? And it's something that maybe will be recorded and shared later. Is that how that's going to go?
2: It is. Well, so it's a documentary that we do screenings of. So that's probably not going to be accessible online in the short term. But we do have several screenings that we have. January is Sex Trafficking Awareness Month. So we're going to be doing another screening in January. So come check it out. It's usually at a local theater if you're local. Uh, If not, then just still reach out to us and we might actually do something that is a virtual event to be able to do a screening as well.
1: All right. Amplifyvoices.org. And Deb, as always, our conversations are just fantastic. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Thanks for coaching me too. Thanks for being my friend.
2: Thank you. <laughs> I just love being here and I, I adore you. So thank you so much, Dave.
1: All right. Well, for all those who uh, listen today, thank you so much. And remember, um, open your heart, open your ears, open your mind, because once you start listening, everything changes. Have a great week. This is Dave Cook.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Stop Telling and Start Listening. We hope you've picked up on some useful ideas to help you enhance your conversational skills. Until we listen again, have a beautiful week.